0: You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Now, I am a grown-ass man. I am 31 years old. I have four children. I have a beautiful wife. I own a gun. You know, I, I feel safe. When I walk down the street, I don't feel like I'm going to end up dead or anything like that. But there are some things that still scare me. One of those things was the other day. I I uh, I got finished with work. I was just going to sit down, enjoy some television, probably watch The Office over again. But I went over to to Hulu to see what was on there, see if there's anything new that I should have che- I should check out. See if there's anything that I've missed, something something fun, something cool, whatever. But something was on that screen that deeply terrified me. Something so frightening that I had to sleep with my Stuffed animals that night. On the screen, huge, in 4K, was a picture of Hillary Rodham Clinton. I don't know if there's anything on this planet that's quite as terrifying as that sight. I don't know how Bill Clinton slept at night. But she's up there on the screen looking like Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il. One of those horrible propaganda photos that people hang from the uh, from their walls, that they can see while they're eating dinner in communist countries, and she's just sitting there surrounded by blue, looking severe and like a, you know, don't make me say it. But yeah, I didn't sleep that night, so. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. I'll be your guide as we peer into the ridiculous reality that is our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and I'm here to say things that would make my mom kick me out of her house. So what happened this week? Well, as you know, on our last episode, I talked about the peaceful boogaloo. I talked about the what turned out to be around 22,000 people who strapped on their, their guns and walked up to the, the courthouse in Richmond, Virginia, and said that they wouldn't comply with these new gun laws. That Virginia and Ralph Northam, Northrum, however you say that guy's last name, the guy in the sheet, the, the, the guy in the blackface or the sheet, whichever one, he said he was going to uh, throw in some of these new laws, take some guns away, and they were not having it. They were not happy, so they marched up there, one guy with a 50 caliber rifle, and said, no, we don't want this. And it was very kind of cool to see, but, of course, if you paid attention to the news, not two days later, the Senate actually passed a bill. for Red flag laws. So I think that there's a lesson to be learned here, one being that the political process isn't the way that things are going to get better playing by the rules, showing up at a march with your pussy hat isn't going to change anything, just not going to. Secondly, it looks like the Boog Boys got out there and flexed, said that they were not going to comply, and then two days later, their government called their bluff. I don't know where you go after a 22,000-person march with your guns, without pulling a few triggers. So I, I applaud people who get out and try to change things or try to stop things, but it doesn't work. So the bluff was called. At this point, things are going to start happening, and if people don't react, if people don't grab their guns and actually refuse to comply... That was nothing more than a virtue signal. Sorry to say it. I I don't want that to be true. But, oh, There's nowhere to go but an actual oogaloo. Moving on. Some really interesting news came across my notifications this week. Apparently, the U.S. government and their courts claim that foreign journalists are not protected by the first amendment they're talking about Assange let's just get that out in the open this is about assange this is about people who are willing to call out the state directly and say hey you do evil things the world needs to see it real journalists not these corporate press nut jobs that <laughs> seriously the the a couple of days after the peaceful boogaloo, they went, I told you, there was going to be lamentations. I told you that the left would not be happy unless there was some violence and some killing. And like clockwork, in my show notes, there's a link to a Vice article about how the peaceful boogaloo, even though there was no violence whatsoever, it can't be called peaceful. It's exactly what I expected. It's (laughs) It's <laughs> these people can't handle peaceful protests if there's guns involved. He called it a hostage situation. I'm telling you right now, I believe fully that the corporate press and the people who write this garbage wanted nothing more and needed nothing more than a little violence to pin on the right and to pin on the gun people so they could push through even more laws, even more Theft and threats at the barrel of the government gun. Like I said, these charlatans, these pieces of shit that write for Vice, for Vox, for all of these horrible rags, talk about how everything's dangerous for them, how the president is making their lives more dangerous by calling them the enemy of the people, which they are. But I've heard very little about what they are doing and what they're saying about Assange. I don't hear anyone going, Wait, wait, wait. The government doesn't give you rights. You have rights because you're human. You have rights because you were born with them. You were given them by God or nature or whatever. No one's making that argument. Instead, they are i I, I saw one story about this. They're silent, but the government wants to nail Assange to the wall. They don't like that he gave their secrets away. They don't like that he made them look foolish and evil so human rights don't <sighs> human rights don't apply to Julian Assange or any of the other freedom fighters out there and that that says that says a lot more when it comes to talking about rights who has them what they are where they come from than anything else i've read recently so, there is a p- brand new fad sickness out there called the coronavirus. Q jokes how coronavirus goes really great with Lyme disease. I think probably my favorite joke so far is calling it the Kung Flu. <laughs> I, I thought about naming this episode that as I was writing out the outline, but I'm like, I'm going to sound like a hack if I do that. But the Kung Flu is uh it came over from the Wu, from Wuhan over in China it has hit the United States it hit Seattle and a few other places and it can kill it has a lot of respiratory effects and it can give you diarrhea and you can die i don't i don't personally want to die from diarrhea that came from china but i mean i i almost die every time i eat the chinese food around here was that racist It's just bad Chinese food, I swear to God. But there was some research done that said that the virus might be coming from bats. And over in Wuhan, where this came from, people like to eat bat soup there. And they like to eat these fruit bats where it allegedly can come from. The videos and pictures of this are not something I like looking at. It's pretty gross. But there's a lot of talk about how this this came to be. How it's spreading how we're hearing about this bat virus, which I've heard a lot about bat butthole soup. And yeah, they eat b- bat soup and they just, the bat is whole. and It's disgusting to look at. But there may be an intermediary between the bat having the sickness and the humans, which for some reason research is also pointing to snakes that eat the bats. And since the snakes and the bats are in live open markets outside, that that might be where it comes from. But I don't know. All I know is, you know, if you see someone breathing heavily and crapping on themselves, just do what you'd normally do. Stay away from the person that's pooping on themselves. I mean, it's just good general advice. To touch back on foreign policy, as we've talked about ad nauseum at this point about what happened with the death of Soleimani, and the rocket attacks that came from Iran. The Iraqi people do not want us in their country anymore. And I say us, and I shouldn't. It's one of those hard habits to break, re- referring to the U.S. as us. But they want the military presence out of out of Iraq. There, Thousands of people rallied in Baghdad last Thursday, I believe, to tell the U.S. government To GTFO, the protest, the rally, was called by a top Shia cleric, Muqtada al-Sadir. Some that were at the protest were wearing white robes. I thought that was uniquely American. Which apparently symbolizes their readiness to die for a religious cause. While others were pictured holding signs that read, To the families of American soldiers, insist on the withdrawal of your sons from our country, or prepare their coffins. Security forces uh, cordoned off the main roads in the capital and the city's green zone, which, as you know, has foreign embassies and government property. Government property, my ass. Uh, And it was barricaded with concrete barriers. But yeah, the Iraqi people are done with our occupation of Iraq. They're done with our occupation and invasion of their land, telling them what to do killing other world leaders indiscriminately, they're done with it. And I can understand why. Imagine if, as Ron Paul said, the speech that talked me into being a libertarian or revealed that I already was one, imagine if there were Chinese troops in Texas and they just stayed there. And any time, and you know, they accidentally killed some of our people every now and then. Imagine that every time one of these people was killed, their father or their brother stood up grabbed a gun and decided to fight the people who killed their their relative stuff like that happens every day in Iraq we shouldn't be there this is not how this should work we call them insurgents if the chinese were in texas doing the same thing they would call us insurgents they want us gone i don't care if it comes from sunni or shia groups doesn't matter it's time for us to leave if we didn't have an embassy in the place in the first place, they wouldn't have banged down the doors and set it on fire. We need to be out of there. We don't need to be there. The people of Iraq harp, especially in this rally, on sovereignty, which they've had none of. I mean, they didn't have much of it before with Saddam Hussein, but now they, they have a puppet government that we set up. And it's not, it's not cool. It needs to end. Speaking of things that need to end, Brexit is coming to a close. This last Thursday, the Queen officially signed off on Brexit, making it law. I wasn't aware that the Queen had any more power, any real power over there, but she signed that bad boy. Brexit is happening January 31st. The Deputy Speaker Nigel Evans made an announcement that the Queen had signed off on the law, and he, it drew... Cheers of one of the most British things I've ever heard. Hear, hear. From, of course, from the conservatives. Boris Johnson, being very excited, said, You know, at times it felt like we could never cross the Brexit finish line, but we've done it. And they have. He did what Theresa May was unable to do or didn't want to do so quickly that it's stupid. At this point, the only thing that's left is the EU parliament. They must ratify the Brexit divorce deal, which I feel like you tell someone you're leaving the union, they they shouldn't have to agree, it seems. It's like, I know you've been beating me, husband, but I need you to sign off on this divorce. Stupid. But Wednesday, that should happen. So far, the EU Parliament's Constitutional Affairs Committee voted by a large margin on this last Thursday to approve the Brexit withdrawal deal. And uh, this will, like I said, on Wednesday... There's going to be a vote of all the European lawmakers in Brussels, and Brexit will finally be done, hopefully. In some truly disturbing and not-at-all propaganda news, the Doomsday Clock has moved to the closest to midnight in history. That's right, that wasn't just a part of the graphic novel Watchmen. It's a real-life propaganda clock. Uh, the, The keepers of the Doomsday Clock on Thursday Move the symbolic countdown to global disaster to the closest point to midnight in its 73-year history, citing existential danger from nuclear war and climate change. The Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, which this whole propaganda machine was created after um, creation of the atomic bomb in World War II that we used to terrorize the Japanese into surrendering unconditionally, The clock allegedly focuses on the greatest threats to human survival, and they moved it from two minutes to midnight to 100 seconds to midnight. They moved it a whole 20 seconds. The decision was made by the group's Science and Security Board in consultations with its board of sponsors, which includes 13 Nobel laureates, a bunch of eggheads that totally weren't bought with that million-dollar prize money, In a statement accompanying the clock's advance, the organization said the nuclear and climate dangers are compounded by a threat multiplier. Cyber-enabled information warfare that undercuts society's ability to respond. The international security situation is dire, not just because these threats exist, but because world leaders have allowed the international political infrastructure for managing them to erode. Was that like a low-key dig at Trump? This is Trump's fault that we have the doomsday clock moved up. Speaking of Trump, what's new with impeachment? Honestly, I, I haven't paid too much attention. It's so boring. Um, some, I mean, I, I, I like to look for highlights, but I haven't even done that because it's such a ridiculous process to me. But one thing that popped out that I thought was worth mentioning is that Trump is now claiming that Bill Clinton should not have been impeached. And Trump said, what he did was, was nothing good. There was a lot of lying going on, but with me, there's no lying. No, nothing. They don't even have a crime. <laughs> he said that during the World Economic Forum on Wednesday. Uh, he insisted that he was merely sticking up for Clinton when he called <laughs> when he called Kinstar, uh, the independent counsel who led the investigation of Clinton a lunatic. So there's, there's your Trump news for the week. Speaking of presidential-style news, we need to talk about the Democrats, because they're always up to something. Um, there was, there was plenty of, um, fun stuff this week. Um, when I was looking to see what kind of information and news I might have to talk about this week, I found a couple of articles and I use a service that takes all of the news stories and puts them under a common heading. And so you'll you'll get to see the left's version, the right's version, the quote-unquote sinner's version, which is usually the left's version, and uh, European versions, Russian version, et cetera, just all of the versions. And there were two stories that came up under the heading, Sanders is surging to number one in New Hampshire, and in Iowa, he's neck and neck with Joe Biden. There were two stories I read. One said, Sanders is surging in New Hampshire. Look at how great he's doing. Blah, blah, blah. Fair enough. He's winning. He's doing really well in some of these states. However, Reuters went with a puff piece about Joe Biden, how he went from slumping to surging in the Democratic presidential race in Iowa. He's the He's been the front runner. How was he slumping? It's, it's just, you can tell that the establishment wants one of two things. One being, some of them want Biden for some reason, and others want Elizabeth Warren. I feel like that's clear. I think that they know that Biden can only last so long. I hope he lasts a good long time, because honestly, the stuff's all hilarious. But in these stories, um, they decided to go with the Biden angle and talk up Biden, instead of pointing out that Bernie Sanders is neck-to-neck with him in Iowa and leading in New Hampshire. That's newsworthy. According to a poll that they cited, the 78-year-old Sanders is backed by 52% of likely Democratic primary voters under the age of 30. His favorability rating has also soared over the past month from 60% in December to 74% now. Klobuchar has also seen her favorability ratings jump 14 percentage point. With Yang's favorability rating skyrocketing 16 points. So he's doing very well in the lower part of the field. Um, Steyer and Bloomberg, they got double digit jumps, but I think Steyer has 2% of all of these votes right now, and Bloomberg is in the sa- same general area. And Tulsi is still at 5%. So another thing about Sanders. Joe Rogan on his show said that he would probably vote for Sanders, which was taken as an endorsement. And Bernie ran with that because, of course, he did. A lot of people listen to Joe Rogan. Why wouldn't they? He has fun conversations. I mean, it's, I'd never thought he was a libertarian or particularly liberty minded, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of a bummer that he would vote for Sanders, but I feel like I knew that going in. But Elizabeth Warren's people. Did not like that at all. So some of those Warren Twitter accounts went out and made a compilation of, as it's been put on the the internet, Joe Rogan saying the N-word, which I hate it when people make me say it, like Louis C.K. said, you're making me say it in my head instead of you saying it, so you're a bastard. But yeah, there was a whole video of him saying it, taken out of context, because you know he was quoting someone, you know what he was doing, but they just have to drag down Bernie Sanders, they have to drag down Joe Rogan, because they want their girl Warren in, and Warren right now is playing low-key one of the dirtiest games out there. So that's fun to watch. It's horrifying, and I'm thinking more and more as time progresses, that she's more of the sociopath a la Kamala Harris, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Speaking of the N-word, oh, God. (laughs) You know, I was going to lead with what the story was about, but that would have sounded really bad. Um, Speaking of the N-word, an anchor was caught on air saying the N-word, because I'm going to make you guys say it now, instead of Lakers, when talking about Kobe Bryant's and his daughter's unfortunate death in a helicopter accident. Allegedly, she tried to say Nakers, but it came out a a little more like the N word. Say it yourself. Do the racist work yourself. But apparently that's what she was going to say, Nakers, but it came out poorly. I thought the better story would have been well, I I almost said the Knicks, but I changed it to the Lakers midstream. It came out Knickers, but, you know, It's funnier just to hear that happen and then see someone scramble to try to make it seem better. And finally, Tulsi Gabbard did something great. The queen of the pig roast decided to sue Hillary Clinton, the queen of the warmongers, for defamation. Hillary Clinton does not like people who don't think she's great. And so she hates Bernie Sanders, talked about how no one actually likes him. She regularly called Barack Obama when he was beating her, that man. She has been open about how much she dislikes Tulsi Gabbard and how she thinks Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian asset. So, Tulsi, in her wisdom, in her ability to create headlines that, make people give her a second look. She sued Hillary Clinton for defamation, saying, clearly this woman's talking about me. Clearly she's smearing my name personally, and she's trying to put an end to my presidential campaign. She's not wrong. I don't think it'll stick. I think that it's going to take a little bit more than some of the times Hillary Clinton has said this stuff that she cited because she didn't actually say Tulsi Gabbard. But it's 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 good. It's it's fun. It, it puts puts a little little more animosity in the political process, and I'm all about that. But one of the best parts of this whole thing was that Michael Malice took a screenshot from the lawsuit, and he did a little editing to it. In the parties section, originally it just said five. Tulsi Gabbard is a natural person who is a citizen and domiciliary of the state of Hawaii. And that was it. It was just, this is Tulsi Gabbard. It also later on talked about her political committee or whatever, her LLC. But he added to this. So the whole thing reads, Tulsi Gabbard is a natural person who is a citizen and domiciliary of the state of Hawaii. She has never experienced, does not currently experience, and does not expect to experience thoughts of suicide. Which it's... It's It was great. I read it. I saw it, and I was like, no way, that's real, and then immediately went to the thing and saw that it wasn't. It's a meme. It's a troll, but people are passing it around, and it's hilarious to watch, and it's it's spot on. But Michael Malice got sort of fact-checked. A fact-checker actually went out and said, took this screenshot and said, no, this isn't real. This is fake news that was created by the red-headed libertarian, which is one of those... Ginger women that pretend to be libertarians on um, on Twitter, and you know these these women they they took the screenshot, they shared it, and said that you know the same exactly the same caption that Michael Malice put up. The strangest part of the Tulsi versus Hillary filing by far, and yet when the fact checkers decided to check the facts on this meme, they did it wrong. (laughs) They chose the wrong person, and they blamed it on the redheaded libertarians who stole it. It's bad enough that people fact-check memes anyway because obviously, just like me, anyone who saw this is going to go, oh, hey, let me look at the real thing to make sure that's there because that's hilarious. And Tulsi did take a couple of swipes in the actual filing, which is fantastic. But yeah, Michael Malice got fact-checked incorrectly and it was blamed on someone else. But with that, that's our news for the week. That's all I've got for you. Here's the worst episode I've done so far. I hope you enjoyed it. So, uh, thank you for joining me on this adventure that is the madness of our world. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon if you just type in This Is MLGA. If you'd like to email me for some reason, This Is MLGA at MLGA Network.com. Website is also This Is MLGA.com. So, definitely hit me up. Thank you, Paul, for giving me that wonderful Vice article to laugh at right after I asked for the lamentations from the left about no deaths at the peaceful Boogaloo. Uh, But yeah, hit me up. If you aren't subscribed, you should be. And if you want to give this show a rating on iTunes, I wouldn't fight you for that. Just make it good. If you're not going to do a good rating, just uh, don't do it. not interested in that. I don't want to hear your meanness. Actually, I do. Roast me. Roast me in those iTunes ratings. Bring it. Don't forget to check out the rest of our shows on the MLGA Network at mlganetwork.com. In addition to this garbage fire of a show, we have Lesbertarian, Voluntary Vixens, Technoagress, Thank You for Your Servers, and The Morning Drive with David. Thank you for your time, and please tag me in every ridiculous news story, solid meme, and anything that might make me laugh, or send me into a rant. Stay sane.